0: Shickle, shickle 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 blah bly, bluh, bly, blah 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 blee, blah me 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 do re me
1: pepper pickers pepper pickers pepper pickers
0: peter piper picks a pair of pickled pickles
1: and then he listens to the volleys of history with jared and ryan welcome back y'all it's a crisp tuesday night in page america
0: and, yeah, it's getting getting a little chilly out, which feels fantastic. We've been roasting hot for how, how many months? Four or five months?
1: Mm, probably a good four months. Yeah, I
0: good four months. And it's mm-hmm. finally cooling off, which is great. Right. I mean, I noticed that you, like, walk outside in the morning, and you're like, whoa, I'm not sweaty yet.
1: I know. I, I realize I'm getting soft because I go outside now in the morning, and it's, like, 50. Right. And I'm like, holy cow, it is cold. Like, yeah. where is my parka? yeah. It's you know. sad
0: because we're we're from Colorado. We were thick, thick oh, yeah. skinned man. Holy cow. I used to walk outside in shorts in thirty degree weather and just go play tennis. Like yeah. it was no
1: big deal. That first day it got to like forty and sunny. Yeah. It's like shorts, t shirt Oh my goodness, absolutely. Let's go play in a sandbox.
0: We're a bunch of Arizona softies now.
1: Yeah, pretty much like anything below seventy is cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Say, though? That's kind of yeah. like my, my new baseline. But honestly, like, my favorite my favorite mm. thing to wear is, like, a
0: sweatshirt and shorts. So mm. anytime I can bust that out, which is, like, right now, wearing a sweatshirt and shorts, it feels fantastic. Right? It feels really nice out here. This is the time that you want to live in Arizona.
1: This is great. Because <laughs> yeah. what we have to look forward to is a quote-unquote winter with, like, you know, temps in the 40s, 50s. Yeah. Low is cold, but, yeah. I mean, it's like perma-summer. Absolutely. No, and it's it feels really nice out right now. So it's not
0: even windy either.
1: It's been windy the last few episodes. No, but it is nice.
0: Yeah, it feels fantastic out here. So
1: Yeah, and speaking of shorts, just a little funny tidbit. When we were in college, <coughs> me and my buddy Seamus, mm-hmm. Seamus. shout out to Seamus. <laughs> um, you know who you are. <laughs> we, um, we worked at camp together in the summer decided who would go the longest into the winter without wearing pants. Yeah, um, as you do. I'm pretty sure that Seamus made it the entire winter until next season at camp. But,
0: and where you have to say
1: where you were at camp. Uh, that was in Colorado, up in Granby. Yeah, it was like freezing. was feet. Yeah. yeah. So I think I made it till like mid-January, mm-hmm. but my legs just kind of stopped getting cold. Even now, my legs don't really get that cold. That was always a thing for me. Yeah, like I feel like I could wear four or five layers on the top
0: and shorts on the bottom, and you're you're fine. Like right, my thighs are they're tough. Tough thighs. They're tough guys, tough yeah. Tough thighs. Absolutely. Well, it's good to be back. This is episode seven. Seven episodes, Jared. We're, we're making some progress. Lucky number seven. And uh, we started, yeah, lucky number seven. I'm excited for it. And ooh, that makes me think, is that a hint for your story? Um, or was that just a statement that you made? I'm just going to let that one linger. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I got excited. I felt this like excitement in the booth, the podcast booth on the podcast okay. porch. Because you never know. I never know. It's always a mystery. It's always a mystery.
1: Our stories are,
0: and yeah, I mean we've been catching up a little bit. What's been going on with you?
1: Oh boy, um, you know, um, I would say the most eventful thing I did since we last talked was I cleaned our entire house. Yeah. And by house, I mean double wide trailer. <laughs>
0: did it's, you ever just go it's on, a double
1: wide? <laughs> it's the finest double wide in our court. But. You ever just get on these like cleaning binges, and that's what happened. Like yeah. I was just my goal was before my wife got home, I would clean the bathrooms. Yeah, and then I started cleaning the bathrooms. And so I was you scrubbing. just feel good, dude. I was scrubbing the floors and I was like, man, the laundry room. I'm gonna yeah. wipe down the washer and dryer, clean them off, scrub those floors. Yeah. Then it moved to the kitchen, and then it moved to the spare bedroom, and yeah. pretty pretty soon, like five hours later, <laughs> I'm just like panting, you know, a little high from all the bleach. <laughs> And my house is spotless. Yeah. But it felt so good. It's a great feeling to just accomplish a lot of cleaning. I feel like
0: my thing is like when you're cleaning one thing, you notice the seven other things that are filthy. Yeah. My thing, and I have a tough time because I have ADHD, I just get so distracted. Because, like I'll be cleaning one thing and I will like notice something else that's dirty and I will start cleaning that and put the other thing aside and I gotta come back and revisit all my cleaning tasks. Pretty soon you have like a half clean, disorganized house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: And it's a mess. Right. But I get it done, yeah, and it just feels, it feels really good. I get it feels what good. It feels good to, to get some cleaning done. But then you're like clean, paranoid for like two days. So that night, you know, I was like, man. I was going to have, like, make dinner. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm just going to have leftovers, because if I, like, make dinner, I'm going to make the dishes, the counter's dirty. Mm-hmm. So I'll just use lefto- I'll just yeah. have leftovers in Tupperware. <laughs> it's plain and smart. <laughs> the next morning, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, shoot, I got a crap. Like, I, I can't poop, you know? The, the toilet's <laughs> clean. I'll just go outside. And my neighbors are <laughs> outside, so I can't go outside. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been holding it since poop then. Poop straight
0: over the dumpster. <laughs> Trash face tomorrow. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna be good to go. It would work. Yeah, it's not It'd too bad. Gross. Well, I had a I had a story that I wanted to tell you. We were we were briefly discussing it before we started. Okay, but uh, kind of just a crazy page story because we live we obviously live in the desert and there's not like a ton of bugs here, which I I applaud. We don't have really mosquitoes here, but there mm-hmm. are some pretty intense bugs here. Every bug here will will get you. Oh yeah, because they they have to be strong bugs in order to live here. Yeah, <laughs> they got to be able to hold their own
1: out here in the desert. Right. And there's this one bug. You 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 the bug for me a little bit. Oh, this bug. So guess how I'll introduce it. Everyone knows what a tarantula is. Yeah. Um, it's a big spider. Yeah. I could throw an expletive in the between those, but it's a big mm, spider. Yeah. And. This is the only bug that the tarantula fears. Yep. And its name is just incredible. You say it. The tarantula hawk. And it's it's a bug. It's a but tar- yeah. The fact that
0: the word hawk in there just perfectly states how large and terrifying this animal is. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever looking for a reason to come down here, mm-hmm. the tarantula hawk is a number one. This thing is, I don't know... I would say hold out your longest finger.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it is
0: about that long. Mm-hmm. Black. Black as night. Jet black. But it has these fiery, orangish-red. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, orange yeah, yeah. red. wings. Mm-hmm. And it makes it stand out so much. Right. And not only that, but it sounds like a freaking helicopter when it's going by you. Oh, yeah. It's
1: like... Yeah. And then it stings you if it does, and... Well, I, I wish I knew that guy on YouTube. Maybe yeah. be a fact check. But this guy on YouTube goes around and tests insect, insect stings or bites. Mm-hmm. And he found that a tarantula hawk had the second most painful sting of Out any of anything? Insect. That's insane. Yeah. What was number bullet one? Bullet ant. Yeah. So they're like ridiculously painful. Like you yeah. think of a wasp and you multiply that times a hundred. Yeah.
0: That's pretty intense. But I've heard people have died from it. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I believe it. Call that a fact check.
1: Tarantulas have.
0: Yeah, I mean, this thing, and we'll get to it, this thing literally kills tarantulas, mm-hmm. which is insane. So this is, goes with my story. So I will, I should say, I did not know that this thing killed tarantulas. I have seen these things out in the desert hiking around before. You keep your distance, and you got to be aware, because that thing is intensely big and very scary. Mm-hmm. But anyway, me and my roommate, Brandy, shout out to her, love her, we're on a hike, and just uh, just kind of exploring. Jared gave us this place that we did not find, a <laughs> place that we were trying to get to, but we ended up just checking out some cool canyons and some cool painted hills, which I love. Mm-hmm. But we're walking down this wash, and we had seen a lot of cool animals that day. And I did not notice it at all. I continue walking, and Brittany goes, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what, Brittany? What are you talking about? She looks down, and there's a tarantula, legitimate tarantula, the size of your palm, mm-hmm. just rolling around in the wash. And she's like, what is wrong? Like, he's on his back. And I was like, okay, well, like, flip him over. And as she grabs a stick to flip him over, I look over, and then, like, a little bit away from the wash wash, is the tarantula hawk. And he's just kind of chilling over there. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a tarantula hawk. We need to be careful. And I told Brandy about how dangerous they are. (laughs) So Brandy flips over the tarantula, and this tarantula is, like, legitimately paralyzed. Like, it's having a tough time standing up. It can't walk. We obviously move on. Me and Jared are starting to record the podcast, and I tell him this story, and he tells me this information, and it, mm-hmm. I would say censor this. This is some truly, truly terrifying bug stuff. So yeah. if you're not a fan of bug stuff, first of all, don't listen to this. Second of all, reconsider being out here because this animal is terrifying. <laughs> so it is scary. You, you have to say what
1: they do. Okay, so the tarantula hawk swoops in. Um, they have a massive stinger yeah. on their rear end, and... What they do is they inject their poison into their prey. In this case, the tarantula. It paralyzes them. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, before that, it's just excruciatingly painful. So that's what you guys are witnessing. You guys yeah. are probably witnessing shortly after it was stung. Yeah. it's just in agony. Yeah, um, like slowly keeping consciousness as it's just writhing in pain. Yeah, then the tarantula hawk will come back, lay its eggs inside of the tarantula. So the tarantula comes to and is like, wow, that sucked. Yeah. Time to go on with my tarantula life. Um, until one day, you know, probably feels something weird stirring around inside of it. Oh, my God. And what that is, is this the tarantula hawk's babies just eating the tarantula from the inside out as they're growing, getting bigger. Eventually, the tarantula dies. But that's what's amazing is it it's not dead and then it plants its eggs. It's alive, no, and it's the alive. babies use the tarantula's energy right. to grow. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, I guess a human form is like, yeah, you get shot by a taser for like a long time, like an hour of being tased. Yeah. And then you come to and you're like, wow, that was terrible. <laughs> and then flash forward a week and a half and you're pregnant with an alien that's eating your guts. <laughs>
0: That's so scary. That's like a horror movie. It's a that's real a, animal. That's a horror movie,
1: and we see them all the
0: time. Jesus Christ! No, it was crazy to see it. I yeah. knew something intense was going on there,
1: right.
0: and that's I not felt that it was scary.
1: What's funny is on the on the river that we work on that yeah. I work on. Um, once in a while, one of those things will buzz by mm-hmm. and we'll get close. And I've had a few times they've landed on somebody, Whoa. and I can't be like, "Oh my gosh, that thing's going to be really painful. You might have to go to the hospital." Stay calm. I just like, "Oh, you got a bug on you," and the people around. Them are like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And I'm like trying to like gently rush this thing away with a broom from like a distance of five feet. Yeah. But they come every once in a while and it's lucky I never had anybody stung down there. Thank God, dude. That'd but, be insane. Has anyone uh, ever like in general? Um, I don't know anybody personally. Who they're has.
0: really not aggressive. They, they know that they are dominant and that we are scared as shit of them. <laughs> right. So they accept that and they're willing to live. In coexistence with us,
1: they do. They're like, okay, you're an apex mammal. I'm an apex insect.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Dude, and they dominate, right? But anyway, look at a look at a picture, and you'll just you yeah, know check exactly out what we're talking hogs. about. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And well, anyway, those was my those are quick stories. Okay, okay. yeah, the tra- that's like a freaking mini story. You guys are, you got three stories this week. We do. They're lucky. There's your, there's yeah, there's your tidbit, man. That was good. Lucky episode seven.
1: Hey, lucky up. There you go. So Ryan, I got a quick fact check. All right, let's hear it. Um, so last episode, um, oh, first of all, quick shout out, Ashley and Colton Kent. That's my wife's um, sister and brother-in-law. Heck yeah. Which would mean they're my brother and sister-in-law. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Heck thanks yeah. for the feedback. We love hearing you guys um, give us a shout out, So. Thank you. Um, anyways, from my light beer podcast last time, I mm-hmm. talked about the history of light beer. Cheers, by the way. Yes, cheers. I have a regular beer. I have a light beer. Wow, you're going against the Yeah, this was kind of a, a whim, whimsical purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I made a comment about light beer being hydrating. Um, the fact is, light beer is not hydrating at all. And Which goes against everything that I believe. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a, a recent study showed that um, if you drink 200 milliliters of light beer, you will urinate 320 milliliters of fluid. So every one unit of light beer you drink, you piss out 1.5 units of fluid. Yeah. So, sorry, light beer is, in fact, incredibly dehydrating. Yeah. Um, so I hope I didn't cause any significant dehydration i wonder like the ratio
0: of like shots to water like is that more because obviously all alcohol is right. dehydrating you that's why you feel hungover in the morning yeah it's I just your like body's lack of water
1: i that's a great question <laughs> that's a good fact check we'll hit that next that one. is it has to be similar to yeah hydrating yeah
0: i wonder if more or less we'll check that out well anyway good fact check i have none because we didn't I yeah we didn't really have anything everything that i say is always right good job it's Ryan. never wrong so 100 accurate thanks man i'm batting i'm batting a solid 1000 um yeah anyway we're gonna get started with episode seven jared's first this week definitely if you do have back checks though send it to our email volleys of history at com. and yeah check us out on spotify the spotify numbers are growing more people are listening on spotify that's yeah. good We're going to get ourselves on all kinds of things. We are. The book. We're going to write a book. Oh, I (laughs) meant the Facebook. Oh, the Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to write a book and we're going to make a Facebook. The Facebook, you can expect a lot more soon than the book. Correct. Yeah, we'll get on the Facebook soon. The book, though. Maybe a decade or so. Give us some time. Give us some time. We'll Mm -hmm. get there. Um, But, Yeah. And
1: hopefully maybe a giveaway. We're gonna keep teasing the people. Yeah, that giveaway. You just get ready. We're still telling of... tell your friends we're giving away giving away stuff. Right. And yeah, speaking of telling your friends, share. Um, tell your friends about us. We'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, we love to just hear some feedback and hear some yeah. suggestions, stuff like that. Yeah, and here's
0: whatever you guys think. And speaking of friends, this is a good way to to round out the intro. Oh yes. Our best friend and the reason why you and I know each other. Is our really great friend Lucas, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. And he just had something special happen in his life, so we wanted to give him a special shout out.
1: Yeah, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Ness and their baby daughter,
0: Ava. who was
1: born on September. I think it was the 17th. 17th. Yeah. Was it? it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was early. But yeah. yeah. Ava, Marley, Ness, um, Welcome to the podcast.
0: Dude, our youngest listener. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to them. We love both of you very much. And like I said, we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for good old Lucas. Yeah, miss you,
1: Lucas. Miss you, Michaela. Come back to Paige. (laughs) We're
0: lonely. We have to talk at a phone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh.
0: Here we go. Episode seven. We're going to get rolling. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Well, Ryan, I have got a story for you this week. Dude, you've been hyping this up quite a bit. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. So what happened was I was driving up river today um, from a river trip, Colorado River, and I had this thought of what to do my podcast on, so I just like, dove into it. And then mm. what came out of it was actually a lot more fascinating cool. than what I thought. So it was, it was exciting. It was fun learning. I feel like a kid. Yeah. You know, like, oh man, learning is fun. <sighs> I haven't felt that in a while. That's awesome. Honestly, man, like... That's one of the biggest
0: reasons why I wake up in the morning is to like learn, learn something. Yeah. Huh. Like I'll come home from a long day of teaching and a longer day of coaching. Right. And I've plugged in quite a few hours, but I look forward to those moments where I can just sit on
1: my couch and watch a YouTube
0: video about something educational.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I live for that. Awesome, man! You know, like they, they say, like, sometimes, you know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. There's some days where I'm like, I don't think I've learned anything. Like, I, lo- I, think I, I, I think I lost some knowledge. I lost knowledge. Thanks, light beer. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, to tell my story, um, I'm going to tell you a little story. This is a okay. short story to segue into my story. So, oh. I have a short story story into my story. Wow, there's been a lot of mini stories
0: so far in this story podcast.
1: There is. And this one plays in well. Cool. Okay, and this is... Um, a short story about Tittles. Tittles. The house cat. Tittles. Tittles the house cat. Okay. Okay. So, um, Tittles the house cat, um, in the late 1800s, moves with his owner to an uninhabited island in just south of New Zealand. Okay. So, these okay. these, these, these um, oh, Kiwis, Okay, they have a house cat with this, this island. Okay. This house cat... <laughs> Single-handedly, actually, let me rephrase that. Okay. Single-pottedly <laughs> caused the extinction of the Stevens Island Wren. Okay? <laughs> okay. So you okay. have this small island, this one species of bird, yeah. Stevens Island Wren, and one house cat... Oh, it's cat. a bird. I didn't even know what kind of animal it, it was. It was a bird. Okay? okay. One house cat caused the extinction <laughs> of that animal. Okay. <laughs> Wait, like, let that sink in. Say that sentence again. One house cat. One house cat caused the extinction of an entire species of bird. <laughs> okay?
0: Now. Oh my god. For all of okay. you guys
1: listening at home, you might have a house cat. If you don't, you probably know at least 10 people who have a house cat. Yeah. Those cats <laughs> kill birds. And the scary thing is, yeah. they kill a shitload of them. <laughs> so, my okay. podcast today is about the genocide of birds <laughs> <laughs> and small mammals simply due to house cats oh my and gosh. feral um, domesticated felines. Wow. And it is staggering. I love this because if okay. you haven't heard, I did an episode on dogs. You did. And now you're going to
0: dive into cats. And I feel like that's yeah. perfect.
1: And strictly just how much crap they kill. That's awesome. Because some of these numbers I'm going to throw at you are just berserk. So, you oh just settle God. in right, and you settled. get ready for this. I'm settled. So, what sparked this conversation, uh, my buddy Michael Ogeen. Mike, I hope you're listening. Um, I remember having a conversation with him in college. And he was a biology major. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, my cat growing up. We're talking about pets as kids. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, my cat growing up was awesome and he was such a good hunter he'd always go outside and he'd bring birds back like often like a couple times a week mm-hmm. and he'd be like and he told me he's like dude that's all cats he's like yeah. every person who has a house cat um has that same story like oh my cat killed this my cat killed that yeah that's just what cats do yeah right so recently <laughs> what's come out is that the amount the amount of animals that house cats, domesticated cats, and stray cats um, are killing are just some pretty staggering wow. numbers. I have so many questions. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> Tell me the numbers. Oh, I can't get the numbers quite yet. Okay, okay. Um, Wait, can I ask a question then? Yeah, go ahead. Ask me a question. Is it mostly out of boredom, you think? Okay, so that's a great... Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get to That's perfect. It. So, basically, your average house cat, if you're feeding them regularly, yeah. and you just let them outside to play... They're killing between two and five animals per week. Yeah. Per week. And they have a full plate at home. Man. And it's I feel like it has to be out of boredom. Okay. And right. It has
0: to be because they're just like, what else are they gonna do? Exactly.
1: Okay, I have to tell you
0: my first thought when I think of this. <laughs> because I think felines have such incredible abilities. You think of a dog, like a dog is friggin' talented, as I covered. But like skill. Like Oh, okay. athletic ability. A dog is way clumsier than a cat. hmm Like, reflexes, agility. Yeah. Uh, observation. What, It'd be like locking up a professional athlete and telling him he can't play with a ball. Right. You're just not using, you're not letting him use the skill.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Cats are just, they are natural predators. Um, from their eyesight to their reflexes to their senses, their sense of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and just their razor sharp claws. I mean they are built killers. It's yeah. a good thing that they're tiny because <laughs> they would wreck humans. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel so, like one little one little claw could just cut your throat. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so they are I mean they're just natural born natural born killers. And you think of your house cat killing, you know, two to five animals per week, mm-hmm. what you have to think about too is strays. Yeah. Um so there's about they estimate there's 80 million domestic cats in America. Those are cats with homes. 80 million. Holy yes, cow. Yes, with, with homes, with collars. Okay. That Some of those goes outside. Some of them do not. Yeah. Um, estimates on strays are difficult to measure. Yeah. Um, they think between 30 million and 80 million. 30 million. Sh- between 30 and 80 million stray cats. Dude, all I hear is Bob Barker going, <laughs> at the
0: end of The Price is Right, the last thing he said. Make sure to get your your pet
1: spayed and neutered as the yes.
0: as the show ended, because
1: like that's genuinely a, it's a big problem. Oh, it is! It's a big these, problem. These feral cats they reproduce and they reproduce much more quickly than they would in captivity. Yeah. So that's a huge issue, and why there's so many like spay and neuter programs, um, is to kind of curb these cats, which I'll talk a little bit more about as we mm-hmm. go on. But so you got 80 million cats at home. Mm-hmm. Call it 50 million in the wild. Yeah. And those cats in some the wild, money. every time that you know, Snickers, your house cat, is <laughs> eating her bowl of Friskies. Yeah. That feral cat is outside killing something. Yeah. Either a bird, um, or likely a rodent, a yeah. small mammal. Huh. Um. Because they gotta eat. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm gonna hit you with some stats. Okay. Okay. I love. Now uh, this is some numbers. This is gonna be a string of stats here. Okay. So annually. In the United States, they're yeah. domesticated cats, both Just domesticated. at home and fair. Oh, okay. okay. Together. Yeah, yeah. Um, somewhere between 1.5 and 3.7 billion birds killed <sighs> per Billion? Year. Billion. So, think of that oh as... Oh, my God. Think Holy about cow. every single human being on Earth. Yeah. Cut that in half. That's how many birds that cats are killing each year. Three billion. Three billion birds a year. That's insane. It gets worse. We look at small mammals, mostly rodents, mice, yeah. rats, things like that. Somewhere between 7 and 20 billion mammals killed annually. Billion? That's insane. That's like really a lot. Those
0: cats are killing a shit ton yeah. of birds and small mammals. It's huge. That's now, like a... That's like a few hundred right mm-hmm. a few hundred each that's like one every few
1: days it's oh yeah absolutely yeah. holy crap well because what you know, what I think about that's is, a but, lot of animals feral cats have to be killing roughly every day maybe even a few times a day yeah um domestic cats they're doing it more for sport just to get a little taste of blood on their lips yeah right dang so now here's where it gets kind of kind of scary um <laughs> scary. first of all <clears throat> birds are very important yeah um Birds are... They pollinate plants. They spread seeds. Um, they control insect populations as well. Yeah. When you think about your house cat, they're not doing anything for other species besides... They're not contributing to society. Not. The only thing they're doing is killing birds, <laughs> yeah. which are which are good. Yeah. Now, this is a wild statistic, and this is, this is information from the USA Today. They had a great article about this. Yeah. And this is where I got some of this from. But we look at... Human activity. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much like what humans cause, but what human activities cause. Yeah. So we're talking about vehicles. We're talking about the pollution from vehicles, the pollution from power plants, yeah, from carbon footprint. Our carbon footprint, the things from, from making oil. Mm-hmm. So when we look at um, all the different activities that humans do, yeah. cats are the number one cause of animal. And bird death across the world. Wow! So that means you look at that nasty coal firing power plant that we have here in Page. It's not killing. <laughs> yeah. You look at um, vehicles. Yeah. You look up nuclear. You know, power plants. Cats are <laughs> killing more birds and mammals than anything than any human activity. Wow! Isn't that insane? That's kind of that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but think about how many people have cats. Yeah, like roughly one for every three households in America. And you got those crazy cat people who have like twelve, and they might even tell us. So there's probably they probably anymore. hunt in packs. Yeah,
0: they're probably taking down hundreds of birds a day.
1: Yeah, they probably have <laughs> elaborate traps and schemes.
0: Dude, they're cats. probably flying. They're probably flying in the air, or getting those freaking birds out
1: of the air. I bet you, since we started talking, there's been some deaths <laughs> here in page. I bet there are cats on the prowl right now, just slaying robins and swallows and. Maybe not ravens, but dude,
0: a pack of cats could
1: dude, easily take down a. You raven. don't know, but what we're but like what we're faced with is this mass. <laughs> we are we are having a mass genocide of birds, and the reason is our fluffy feline friends. Yeah. So get this. This is my last stat. Then we can, you can ask some questions, okay, okay. Ryan? All right. So uh, there's 800 species of bird in the United States, roughly. Okay. One third of those are endangered. Majority, I mean, and I'm excluding the birds of prey because cats don't kill birds of prey. Yeah. Majority of that one-third of the endangered species of birds in the United States is from cats. Wow. So roughly, yeah, a third of the species of birds in the United States is endangered almost entirely because of felines, domestic Hmm. cats and their feral relatives. I'm going to make a comparison back to dogs with that.
0: Okay. I feel like dogs are so much more obedient and lazy and accepting of the life that we've given to them in the domesticated world. Mm-hmm. Cats are just so like fly by the seat of their pants, go by the sail or the wind of their own sail, you know? Right. They go by their own they go by their own notion. Mm-hmm. And that exactly speaks to why they just want to sit there because they have nothing better to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And just freaking kill some mice and some birds. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of them are looking for food, you know, especially like the feral ones. Yeah. But what's wild is that this, what's crazy is think of, like, humans and cats. Humans befriended cats, domesticated cats. Mm-hmm. And this domesticated cat, you call that a species, is literally, is going to make birds go extinct. Wow. Because yeah. and there's and if you look what's what's neat is if you look at areas like um, big urban hubs like New York City, Phoenix, Chicago, places mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's birds that are endangered in that area, yeah. but are completely extinct within the metropolitan area. Wow! Simply because of house cats. Yeah. So the the question now is, I mean, birds versus cats? I mean, birds wow. obviously do some very important things. Yeah. Cats are cute. But what they're doing is terrible. That's crazy to think about how much they're getting. Right, it's nuts. And so, I mean, of course, in the United States, some areas are experimenting experimenting with this, um, like these. uh, Well, what do they call them? Neuter, cage and neuter. We'll call it cage and neuter, like trap and neuter programs. Essentially, where they trap them, sterilize them, so they can't reproduce. Yeah, that's helping. Yeah. Um, just Australia, the feral, the feral ones. yeah. Get this: Australia yeah. is planning. Um, they have some plans to make like robots. I don't know if they're drones or what, <laughs> but like electronically controlled robots that go yeah. out and kill these cats, um, <laughs> even poisoning them. Holy even cow. poisoning cats that are outside because it's such an issue. Well, like a place <laughs> like Australia, but <laughs> dude, do you, you hey, down under, just taking shots. <laughs>
0: But what you have, to shots of
1: like, what no. you have to understand is like if you have if you live on an island, yeah, and you have a specific bird that eats this specific pesky bug that spreads malaria, or this pesky bug that eats crops. All of a sudden, these felines are killing the birds that eat this bug. Yeah, and all of a sudden you have this. You, you, it can really have some pretty drastic out. consequences. Yeah, it's So a lot of people in like the scientific community are like saying, we need to kill cats. Like, yeah. We have to get rid of them, whether it's spay and neuter, whether it's just straight up killing them. Wow. Not letting people um, who own cats let them outside. But it's a, it's a huge issue. Yeah. Um, well, you're basically supporting a, a, a massive,
0: high-in-the-food-chain carnivore. Yeah. Like, that's very skilled in hunting. Mm-hmm. And I think, unlike dogs, has retained that skill. They,
1: they can, t- they still got it.
0: Yeah, because, and yeah. I think the other thing is they're individual hunters. Oh, one yeah. bird or one bird can get taken down by one cat.
1: Right. One dog or one wolf cannot really do much. No, absolutely not. Wow. Right. So, I mean, we'll see. But I mean, it's just it's crazy. And I was just seeing today when I was driving up, when I was driving on the river. Um, there's swallows everywhere. Mm-hmm. With just like hundreds of them swarming as the insects are hatching. Um, come up in a page. I can't tell you the last time I saw a bird that wasn't a raven. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a small bird? I honestly haven't. I really haven't. No, you only yeah. see the ravens. You only see the big birds because they're all dead. And
0: you they're see all... birds
1: of prey, but not a... No, you don't yeah. see anything small because yeah. all the small birds are literally dead because wow. of house cats. And you go down... Just you know, a few miles out of town, there's no house cats down there. There's a ton of little birds, I and mean, we have yeah. dozens of these tiny birds that are just fluttering around, pretty yeah. songs. People come to see that. Yeah. Come into page, you see nothing but turkey vultures and ravens. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's very interesting. And that's because they're, that, they're, they're they're pretty much toast. There's probably a few stragglers hanging around, but yeah. they're dead. Holy cow! So <laughs> they're all dead. I mean, I just you know, I, I challenge people go out. You know, the next time like you're up walking around the city. Where if you live in a populated area, yeah, you know, count how many birds you see, and then next time you go for a hike, count how many small birds you see. Yeah, and you're gonna see a pretty stark contrast. Wow, that's really interesting to think about. Do you think like, how are they hunting
0: these birds? Because part of me thinks like shit, like the birds must be really dumb
1: to not realize that they're about to get
0: attacked by a cat.
1: Well, the what's thing the thing is, hunting strategy? That's a there? great. That's a great point. So birds don't just like twiddle around doing nothing um most birds are migratory and they move from place to fl- place depending on the season depending on what food's available to them so they move through you know like different areas chances are at some point they're going to move through like a metropolitan area yeah a human populated area and the house cats just wreck them yeah um i don't know specifically like how yeah. the house cats hunt but i'm um, they're, whatever they do, they're good at it. Yeah. I and mean, they're sneaky, they're fast. They're so fast. Yeah. So fast. Oh, man. They're And their
0: reflexes, that's what people don't understand. Their agility. Yeah. And their just overall athleticism mm-hmm. is incredible. Right. No, it's really astonishing. And they can, like, it's almost like they hold it for a while. Yeah. And then the moment when they need it most, they pull out some crazy ba-ba-ba. Like... Oh, absolutely! You watch a cat like a, watch a cat jump onto a high ledge, and you'll see them just looking like a normal, just little pet. Oh, mm-hmm. Mitzi, you're so cute. Right. And then she makes this maneuver, jumping three different movements, hit, 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 and you're just like, holy cow! Like that was quick. That was efficient. Yeah. You're moving, and you could definitely get a bird.
1: Oh, dude, they are predators, and that's yeah. why they've killed so many. I, I just think that the fact that they kill more birds and mammals than human vehicles. Yeah. Pollution. Cats kill more mammals and birds than pollution. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. That is
0: absolutely insane. That's insane. Part of me wonders. Tell me what you think about this. Part of me wonders if there's like a pack or like a a secret alliance between cats (laughs) where they just like have this war against birds. Maybe it goes both ways. Maybe the birds are just getting wrecked.
1: (laughs) There's this onslaught of cats. Dude, I just feel like cats are just. You know, domestic. Here's my thought: Um, mountain lions, tigers, um, panthers. Obviously, animals that humans have no match against if put face to face. Mm -hmm. All that is is a domestic cat scaled up a few times. Yeah. So. What domestic cats have in their favor is they've developed cuteness. Humans mm-hmm. look at them and say, oh, they're cute, which is more beneficial to them because they have a safe place to live. They yeah. have food if they can't hunt it. They can still go out and kill whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So they don't need it. I mean, they have everything they want from us. Like yeah. As a collective, as a whole, their their species is doing great. Mm-hmm. Their numbers are huge. Yeah, um, They probably think they own us. Right, yeah, and they're 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 cute, so yeah. we like them. We want to keep them. Meanwhile, um, birds are just getting wrecked because mm. people want to have a cute, fluffy cat at home. Wow. Hmm. Like what? Like what percentage
0: do you think it is of cats? Because like I I look at the two cats that are in that house behind us. Mm. There's no way in hell that the two of those cats could kill a bird.
1: Oh, I I, I bet you give them the chance, they probably could. I think so. They don't have front claws though. Yeah, a lot see. of cats are okay. Deep, so no clawed. front claws, right? But they're just like, well, that's where the statistic is kind of scary. Yeah. So if an if the average just household cat in America kills two to five birds per week. Yeah. That's including all the declawed cats, all the f- yeah, all the forty pound cats. I hope somebody listening has one of those just massive fat ass forty pound cats. Yeah, you know they they're out the there. So that well,
0: means- they're not killing or are ones that stay in the house all the time.
1: Right. Yeah, You're right.
0: I mean, they're killing. I'm sure so, kill
1: rodents and stuff. But. Cats are killing just That's an incredible animal, an, incredible amount of animals. Like, Jeez. like I said, three billion birds, twenty billion anim- mammals. Yeah, a year, a year. That's crazy. What if you got on the news and saw, <laughs> if you got on the news and saw, like, oh, the country of Ukraine killed three billion birds and twenty billion mammals last year, you'd be like, let's go to war with Ukraine. <laughs>
0: But we're just going to
1: sit there and pet our cats and let them keep on killing. Wow. That's deep. It is. I mean, it it is kind of, to be honest, like in the future, we're going to have to start, um, we're going to have to start killing cats. Whether that's not letting people have cats or just literally killing feral cats and... Which they're doing in Australia. Making all cats neutered. Yeah. Because it's such an issue. Yeah. But, um... You know, dog, man's best friend. They're not doing this crap, but domestic cats are literally wrecking the planet. Wow, that's nuts! I literally didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm.
0: That's crazy. That was a good one. Deep got Those scary there things, for a while. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, it just it just blew my mind. Yeah, when I was like reading. I was
1: like, oh. Holy cow! Wow, I'm like sure there's third. gonna be
0: there's gonna there's gonna be more about this coming out soon. I'm sure it
1: has to be. But yeah, one third of the birds in America that's insane are endangered because of cats. Wow, that's scary.
0: That's really crazy, dude. That's, that's honestly intense. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it goes back to it. There's been like, if you don't know about it, I don't know where you've been, but like, not you, Jared. The people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> no, but, like, if you don't know, like, there there has been a massive push to spay and neuter animals. Yeah. Like, it's really important to do that. Right. Because mm-hmm. the feral animal problem is huge. I mean, feral dogs is one thing, but they're not the ones killing a crap ton of birds. Like, no,
1: and what's, what's hard, too, is at the same time is we have this movement in the United States for these no-kill animal shelters, mm-hmm. not even realizing the harm they're causing. Yeah. They have no-kill, you know, no-kill for dogs, no-kill for cats, everything. These animal shelters where they don't kill. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge push right now. Um, but what those people don't realize is that transaction. This yeah. no-kill animal shelters, this no-kill policy is also causing this, um, you know, it's, it's enabling these cats to continue destroying birds Holy cow. and destroying mammal populations. So,
0: wait, this is controversial. Would you say... That you would be more in favor of, like, kill shelters to, like, put down
1: more cats? Oh, dude, after reading this, I am in favor of putting a bullet in every single feral cats. Wow. Uh, to be honest, it's just, it's necessary. Yeah. And I think, like, moving forward, they need to have a very restricted, if you want a cat, it's a very restricted program where you, like, apply to get your yeah. cat... It's very controlled. They have a couple parents producing litters. Wow. As soon as you get that cat, it's neutered. So you have your cat. That thing is not reproducing. So why not, in that logic, I feel like just to argue back,
0: like, Mm -hmm. if if you could get to the range where you would put a bullet in
1: a feral cat, why not just neuter it or spay it? Because it's still killing birds. It's still going to live its life, like, killing those animals. You know what I mean? I mean, you kill a bird, and that's removing that from the gene pool yeah and that cat's going to kill how many hundreds of birds in its life mm-hmm. whereas removing one cat taking one life is going to save the lives of um a significantly higher number yeah. of birds so i mean it's morbid i had a cat growing up love them to death mm-hmm. but after reading this i think it does it is something that really needs to be controlled yeah and i mean obviously we're not saying that we
0: want to or you we're not saying that you want to go out there and just shoot, no, I'm not cat. go and shoot cats. <laughs> No. That's only Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's only Saturday after 4. You know that, Ryan.
1: <laughs> no,
0: but absolutely not. Like, But the, what, you, what you're what you bringing up, which is crazy, I'm glad it's know it now. It's, like, it's a big problem. It's a I think there problem. needs, knowing that, there needs to be more attention paid to, like, hey, like, you yeah. want a cat, you got to do X, Y,
1: and Z. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Cool. So we think pollution. Spreading awareness. You know, dang. driving your car, polluting the environment amount of trash you produce when really it's your cat it's your cat that's posing the biggest threat one of the bigger threats to us right now
0: yeah so Hmm. and it's a problem we could easily address yep cool for 22 cents (laughs) fund our hunting campaign
1: (laughs) 22s for birds
0: (laughs) we're we're pro bird email us tell us what you are Oh man, we're taking a taking a strong stance on this. <laughs> oh All man. man, here we go. That's cats.
1: Cats. Holy cow. And All I right. think you're up next.
0: And I am. Here we go. Alright. So there you go, you got the uh, the killer cats on the loose. We've made you aware.
1: <laughs> Feral and domestic.
0: And there you go. I uh my story this week, kinda diving in. We're gonna switch gears like so many of your gears. Take a minute, literally shift them around, because this story could not be more different. Okay, can I, sh-
1: can I shift real quick?
0: Yeah, you just get
1: in there. All right. Yeah,
0: correct that light beer.
1: All right, that was a shift I needed. I'm
0: going to take a sip of beer, and we're going to get going. Okay. All right, so we are actually going to learn, we're going to go back in time for this one back today. Back in time? All right. Like
1: DeLorean, back to the future. So I'm going to
0: get in your DeLorean, get in your four-sided podcast recording chair on top of a table booth.
1: Soon to be found at Walmart and Walgreens. Check us out, patent
0: pending. I want you to go back to the late 1800s to a snowy and cold night in Boston, Massachusetts. Tempers are flaring. You feel it in the air as you look on. Mm. You look to your left, you see a group. I pointed my head to the right just then. <laughs> you look to your left, and you see an angry group of men that have just come from a bar. And you look across the opening, and you see men in red coats arguing back. And you look as they, like the two groups, come closer and closer together. Tempers flaring, tempers raging, and eventually there's a shot. Oh. And it comes to be known as the shot heard around the world. Yes. And this is the story of the man who got struck by that first
1: bullet. What? Do you know who it is or what we're talking about? I didn't even know they knew who that guy was. No, you're talking about, like, the basically what's... Well, I can't say what kick-started. Basically, if a, the straw that broke the camel's back... Um, Leading up to the Revolutionary War,
0: exactly. So Sweet. we are going to talk
1: about Wait, what, what, Boston what
0: Massacre. What what?
1: What month was this?
0: What month? Oh, it was in March. Oh, okay. So it's Sorry. cold. It's cold. Yeah. So it was cold. Cold. Late spring, with chilly. But yeah, we're going to talk about the Boston Massacre. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we're going to focus our story around a person that, for some reason, I couldn't tell you why, I always remembered his name since the first time I read about him. And his name is Crispus Attics. Crispus. Crispus Attics. Wow. Okay, say that. Say that one more time for us. C-
1: Crispus Attics.
0: Like Rice Krispie treats. I feel like it's Crispus.
1: A Crispus Attics. Attics.
0: Like check out the attics. Multiple attics.
1: I feel like that could be the name for a donut shop slash roofing company. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that's exactly what he sold. <laughs> How do you knew that? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> hey, I see you I see you guys in bucket in your roof <laughs> by the way, you want a donut? You want a donut? I'm I have gift for you. <laughs> While that would be a fantastic profession for this man,
0: he came to be known a lot more famously as the first person who died in the Revolutionary War. Oh, okay. And his name will live on in history, hopefully forever, because of a couple things. Number one, obviously he was the first man to die in the Revolutionary War. It was five years I want to lay the groundwork. Five years before the war technically started, like you said, kind of it kind of kick started the rebellion. The revolution started five years later. Okay. He was also a symbol to minorities in this country of heroism and the honorability from groups that were often treated very poorly by mm-hmm. white people. So, like I said, Crispus, Addicts, this is his story.
1: Was he a white man?
0: He was not a white man. Whoa. Which is crazy to think about. Was he African-American? So, let's talk about it. He was, this is actually pretty widely debated. It's often thought that he was the the son of a slave okay. in Massachusetts. Now, it is mostly kind of historically agreed that he was also, his mother, on his mother's side, Native American. So he was, by more accounts, Native American than he was black. Which, as you read a lot of historical things, they will say he was black. And a lot of African American figures, Martin Luther King being one in the past have pointed at Crispus Addicts as, like, a, a role model for African Americans. Hmm. But it's actually more accepted
1: that he was Native. So he was, like, a... He was kind of like Alex Rodriguez. Like, is, kind of this mix yeah. of different... Yeah. ...things. What is A-Rod's back? Is he... I think A-Rod has literally one piece of everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But he's, like, he's a very... Yeah. Pretty, like, mixed...
0: Well, I guess I guess it's less debated that he was mixed and more of, like, what two things. But, like, native and African, for sure. So he's native. And a na- native in, and, okay. of African descent. All right. So, so be, that's kind of the... I might just. be jumping the gun here, but was he drunk? So, let, and I'm interested. This is going to be kind of a discussion <laughs> for us to have, because I'm interested to hear what you think. So we're going to kind of take a step back, talk about his life really quick. Okay. And then we'll dive into the events that happened at the Boston Massacre. Um, like I said, there's a lot of debate as to his life. Was he a runaway slave? Did he buy his way out of slavery and then enter the workforce? Because you have to think at this time, like, slavery was in full swing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the northern part of the, the 13 colonies, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit more accepted, and I've, from what I've read in the research I've done, he was more accepted because of the fact that he wasn't just straight African American, Um, just the people at the time, the intolerance, he was more accepted because he was kind of a mix. Okay. Um, He actually had an alias that he would go under to kind of just kind of hide the person that he was. But clearly he had darker skin, so obviously he would stand out in a group of white colonists.
1: Was he born with that name? Do you know that? Like, do you have a different born? Yeah, this is his born name,
0: yeah. Um, He eventually becomes a sailor. He sails around, um, I'm sure, on cargo ships and down into the like, southern part of the colonies, blah, blah, blah. Um, and obviously on those off times, he needs to work, so he's not at sea all the time, so he's working in harbors. And as tensions are starting to rise in the colonies, tensions against the British crown, um, more British soldiers are coming over. And, interesting, those, those soldiers that were that were here needed something to do, needed work while they were here. And they oftentimes took the jobs of some of these people, like Crispus, that would have been working at a, I don't know, a sail-making company in Boston. Or right. they make the wood that goes on the boat. Something that they're doing in the off-season when they're not at sea.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But anyway, that's actually part of the reason why tempers were flaring at the time of the Boston Massacre is these men, and they actually like had a debacle at the bar beforehand, these men were upset at the British soldiers for taking their jobs on top of the fact that the British crown was, like, and the British rule was just imposing so many of these things on America. Uh-huh. No. Um, so, like I said, in, it was in 1768. So just to kind of give you a clue of what time we're in, 1768 is when a lot more British soldiers start coming over to the Americas. Okay. Um, and obviously tempers are starting to flare especially in Boston um, from you know like a lot of events Boston Tea Party happened there a lot of events happened in really close to where that is it's kind of like they actually thought about putting the capital there or Philadelphia right before Washington DC it's kind of like I don't know you, you, I'm not a cop. You think about these Boston guys, and they're all like they got their fists up in the air. They're all I was I was, I was happy with that. Boston that was good. Thing. Wow, that was impressive. They got their they got their fists up in the air, and they're like, <laughs> "Hey, don't mess with Boston." And yeah, they like you know they're they're like a tough rowdy group, so it's not surprising that these events transpired there.
1: So wait, tell me the year again. This was so
0: now we're gonna we'll flash forward to the day of the Boston massacre. Okay, this is okay. March 5th, 1770. Got so it. this is six Got years it. before the before America became its own.
1: The Declaration of Independence? Yeah, the Declaration right.
0: of Independence. And like I said, five years before the war started. Okay. So, like I said, you have this resentment towards the the Brits you, because of the, the colonization and the... This goes back... I could talk about colonization for a long time. I'm not going to. But the British were imposing so many things. So many things. King George the Third was in charge at the time, Right. and he's just tossing down all these requirements, right. taxes. Well, yeah, because I mean, Britain on at the colonies.
1: War. I mean, they need money.
0: This is very true, and this is something that Americans yeah. don't think about. We're like, oh yeah, we beat Britain. Britain was fighting like at least two other major wars at the time.
1: Oh yeah, that they please. fought us,
0: and we're like, we're like, oh yeah. And there was a point where they were eventually like. Okay, like we're just
1: gonna let America have this one. Yeah, a little bit. Like obviously, yeah, we won our independence. Oh, absolutely. We did not. We did not win that war. We, we were given America. Absolutely. A little
0: bit, and the French.
1: It was just like they had. They had like you know they were not putting their full force into us. No. By means, no. You know.
0: and the French, which we'll talk about. Yeah. We'll kind of dive into it. Man, I'm glad day. you're
1: talking about this though, because I mean, I always, you know, like reading different accounts of the. The Boston Massacre. Mm-hmm. It's like whose fault was it? Yeah. You so know?
0: Like, we'll talk. Ta- was- yeah. Let's we'll talk about the events and then the corresponding trial, which is crazy. Um. So, like I said, this mob it started from what I've read. It started three days before the event. There's probably a couple soldiers that were in the bar. Crazy that it happened at a bar, and then another group of America. another group of patriots, another group of Americans there getting mad at the British. For, I'm sure, all kinds of reasons. It's it's tough to speculate. There could have been a lot of different things. Anyway, on March 5th...
1: But, obviously, alcohol is involved. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, I think most people... got to credit that. A lot of people could probably say, Oh, yeah, I was drunk. I got really mad at my friend. Or, like, oh, yeah, I hit that dude. That was stupid. That's basically what happened, and yeah. that's what kickstarted started all of this.
0: Absolutely. I, and it started I'm, with that, and they they eventually... Met in the square, and you know, like things were being tossed around. You know, the the from what it said, the colonists, the Americans were throwing snowballs and rocks at the throwing, British.
1: They were throwing shit at yeah. these guys. And like, you imagine, even, yeah. even if I mean, you just gotta know, like these British guys, they have guns. Yeah, they're facing an angry mob. Like something must have happened. They they took a shot. Yeah, because you, you know you don't just like start. Capping people, I'm sure there was something thrown. Yeah, someone got you know hit by a a rock or a brick or mm-hmm. something that just spun the wheels. Yeah.
0: So by account of our second president, this is crazy to think about. This is a little bit interesting American history for you. John Adams, our second president, defended in the court of law. He defended the British soldiers. And he says that Crispus Attucks threw the first punch. He actually says that he hit them with some wood. Or like (sighs) a stick. So he puts a lot of blame, and he says that Crispus Attucks was the first man to throw the punch. He ends up also saying some racist comments that I don't feel the need to repeat. But basically says, like, that man was scary as crap, and he did it. And he threw the first hit. When he... when. Our second president was defending the British in court, which I think is interesting. Right. An interesting side note of this story, which I didn't know until I looked into this.
1: Well, and of course, like Americans, we don't want to tell that story because we want to be like, oh, we defeated this. We were just righteous, noble. But it's like, no, we were human beings. Yeah. And the the, the reality of it is it was a lot of, you know, at times like this, is a lot of intoxicated human beings instigating the events that yeah. we call history. Yeah. And that completely changes, like, the... So, yeah,
0: and um, this is the topic that I wanted to dive into, which is crazy. So you have John Adams, Mm -hmm. goes on to become our second president, and basically says about the Boston Massacre, that was a group of, like, hooligans. Like, they, they made a mistake. They shouldn't have been harassing those British soldiers. But then you have his cousin, Samuel Adams, who goes on to become one of the most famous patriots in the country, Paul Revere... Yep. who everyone knows Paul Revere, they take that a completely different direction. Right. And they use it as pro-colonist propaganda. Uh-huh. And they get support behind this rebellion that started
1: to really be built around this event. <laughs> yeah. Two well, different spins. So I just I just went on a little spin in my mind right now, and I'm going to tell you. Um, so I think one of the famous things about drinking alcohol... Is that it just reduces your inhibitions, mm-hmm. and you do things or say things that you want to do normally, but you wouldn't because you're sober and yeah. you're, you're you have these inhibitions, these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a big sentiment to what happened. Is like all of it, like there's this general sentiment of animosity, and it just you know some of those actions, like hitting a dude with a gun with a piece of wood. Was not going to come out unless they were just yeah, like in that situation. No, it's a very interesting point to think about. Yeah, like,
0: and obviously when when you're drinking and you're at a bar and someone says something, it's the yeah. camaraderie of yeah, oh, screw yeah. those guys. Yeah, everybody you to drink. Screw the red back yeah. or the whatever red backs they call them. Yeah, screw the red
1: backs. Oh, right. cheers. Hey, they're out there. Let's go f them up. Yeah, right. Well, and they, and they also just, I mean. And you just have like that group, like camaraderie, like that amplification of yeah. just like your buddies, are like yeah, 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 and then ever all of a sudden you're at level, you know, hundred ten out of a mm. hundred, you just you, you can't go back. Yeah. But then what happens is they end up making the mistake mm. that gets people hurt, but the general public is feeling the same sentiments, and now they have a reason. Yeah. And that's probably what he was. I mean, I'm yes. guessing. I don't want jump to conclusions but he was just like well now we have a reason to get a lot more people behind us
0: yeah. in this movement and i mean yeah that's an interesting way of thinking about it because throughout history there's been this constant debate of is crispus addicts a hero or is he was he just like you know i don't want to it's just it puts it in such layman terms but was he just drunk and like protesting and like upset yeah. made some bad mistakes i mean i would like to think it's of it's more like heroic, like you know to do that still, even if you're drunk like that's a that's a bold, strong move to face a, a British soldier with a gun and bayonet mm-hmm. and and to face them like i i I consider that bravery, and I would be behind him from a distance with a beer in my hand going <laughs>
1: yeah, screw the red bags <laughs> It is brave. Like, what he did was honestly brave. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like, obviously he risked his life for it, and five, or I guess four other people died, and six people got hurt. Where was he shot? Um, it said that the bullet ricocheted around. He got two bullets that ricocheted around. I mean, those those guns back then weren't very accurate. And right. I'm sure it was at close range, too. So. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, if you're hitting someone with a piece of wood, yeah,
0: you're probably within point blank. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, I think, like, the important thing that came from this event, obviously, it's actually, like, if you really think about it, one of the most important events in history in the last 300 years because it shaped America, and America has shaped so much of the modern world. Um, and oh, it shaped yeah. the British rule on, dude, the, the British had rule on so much of this world at yeah. the time. And this really showed the world, like, hey, like, hey, Australia, prime example, you can do this. Like you can become your own independent nation. You don't need. You don't need England. Right. Same thing with India. Eventually, you don't need them to, to be your own country. To control you. And like I said, this this really shaped so much. And I think I want to say their names again: Samuel Adams and Paul Revere. They were starting this movement in America to end this imperialism, in this empire mindset. Dun 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 dun. dun the empire that's what that's what they saw in the british rule right and i know george lucas wrote the empire about nazi germany but george lucas in star wars is also talking about like a prime example is the british empire right and these men these rebels used this moment and this man crispus addicts, as a propaganda for lack of a better term they they broadcasted this if you look at pictures when they printed this it shows British soldiers standing in line execution style. And the picture depicts them like almost executing civilians and executing American colonists. And that, like I said, that kick-started so much of the movement that ended up leading to the Revolutionary War and the founding of this country.
1: Right. Well, I think it's interesting that he was, um, by what you're saying, Native American.
0: And that's what's crazy to think about, too. A lot of times, African-Americans, Martin Luther King is a prime example. He used him as a prime example in one of his books and essays.
1: Right. Yeah. But, like, here's a Native American, like someone who's here here first, or like his ancestors were, and they're fighting for this, too. Yeah. Like, inadvertently. But, I mean, who knows what if... Wow, that's a tangent. But who knows what would have happened if British rule did continue? What would have happened to Native Americans? Oh, man. I mean, I think they have a pretty strong. I think British have a pretty strong record of just eradicating yeah, non-British completely, like yeah. completely eradicating. Yeah. Like what we did was bad. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But um we still have people. Yeah. When you like yeah, look
0: at what the British did to India and Pakistan and mm-hmm. Bangladesh and South Africa and so much of the Middle East. Right. Yeah, I mean things could have been a lot different. But, yeah, like, we we obviously are affected by Native Americans and influenced by Native Americans far more than other people. We live right next to the Navajo Nation, the largest reservation in the entire United States. And I I, I teach those kids. I teach Native Mm -hmm. kids. And I think, like, this person should be a role model to them, should be a person that you point to and say, like, important Native people throughout history. Chris was addicts. he was a hero. He stood up for what was right. He stood up for a rebellion that he believed in. I think that's a that's a pretty positive positive thing to take from this. Is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, I so, mean, just to kind of talk a little bit more history about it, just so you get your history fill. Um, obviously, like I said, it was like almost five years after that that the Amer- that the revolutionary Re- Revolutionary War truly started. It said that it started in 1775, mm-hmm. um, like a year after it started. We signed the Declaration of Independence. It was really just a formality that said, we're we're our own country, Britain. Right. And it was us kind of recognizing ourselves as our own country. We won the war in 1870, sorry, 1783. Yeah. Which was a few years after we declared our right. independence. And part of the reason why, like we talked about earlier, Britain was spread very thin at the time, fighting wars in other places.
1: You see, to me, that, to me, I know we celebrate 1776 is our independence. This is a tangent. But to me, it should be 8, 1783 when we won the war. Yeah. Because really the signing of Declaration of Independence, independence that was not when Amer- America was a sovereign nation. Yeah. They were still under heavy British influence. Oh, an occupation. War. Yeah. So I always found that kind of strange that's what yeah. we celebrate as the birthday of America when mm-hmm. really it was kind of a toss up at that point.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but when I first told you this the idea for this podcast, you brought up that.
1: Yeah, I did. I yeah. brought that up.
0: Yeah, and you are like well when is I don't know, you poised it as like a question to me. Like when did America truly gain its independence? I was like, Well, wait, wait I mean seventeen seventy six, like we celebrated every year, fireworks, boom. Yeah. Blah, blah, But actually, no, you're right. I mean, like, when we that's won it, we had to win that. Britain conceded. That. You're right. Like, that's an, that's a moment that we should celebrate, too. Like, when did they concede? When did yeah. we win the war? Because that's, like, when truly we... We were on our own. We were on our own, yeah. Right. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I want to kind of bring it back to Crispus Because, like I said before, it's, it's kind of crazy. I remember learning about him in elementary school. And for some reason, his name has always just stuck with me. And I think just partly, partly because of the situation, partly because of fighting for something that you believe in, but just like a, a person that has stood out in history to me and in studying back up on it and getting ready for this, this story, it, it reminded me of how much and how important a Native American sim, or a, a Native American hero can be. Oh yeah. And it is more accepted by historians that he was Native. Then it is accepted by people that he was African American. Which is like I said, like play we play both. Play both cards there. He's a role model of African Americans. He's been in songs. He's been in Martin Luther King's speeches and writings. He's he's a very influential person for a lot of minor like I said at the beginning of the podcast, just for a lot of minorities. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Um that's America. And that's America. Right. Built by minorities. It truly is. Absolutely. So we,
1: I I have a question Yeah. after this story. Talk about the British Empire. Is America an empire?
0: That's an interesting question. Um, I don't think at its definition, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at, like, look at a map of how much land Britain controlled in the late 1800s. Eight, they call it a 18, or sorry, the 1800s, 1900s, whatever. Like, look at a map. Like, They controlled a lot. That's an empire. That's the imperialism mindset is just controlling land to control land. I feel like we call it a different kind of imperialism, call mm-hmm. it a different kind of empire, a technology empire, a market empire, yeah. a military empire. I feel like, but without... The sense of like land and control, control of space. I guess that's how I see more like empire. Yeah, you know,
1: because we're kind of. I think America's more on the road of like let them do their own thing ish, mm-hmm. so they're happy, so that we can get what we want from them. Yeah, but also intervening a
0: ton in situations for which, our gain. For our gain, absolutely. Which, like I said, it's like almost like it's just a different kind of empire. Yeah.
1: It's smarter. I mean, it's more new age. It's like, oh, let's let, you know, this, we'll go into this country, help them with this war, get them on their feet so that we can get their resources. Yeah. When you think about, like, think about, like, satellites and
0: information technology that we have in space, like, we don't, China's a great example, we don't own any land in China or Afghanistan or Russia, but we are constantly monitoring that. All the time. Oh, yeah. Like, is that an empire in and of itself? Just the ability to, like, see and in some ways manipulate the land or well, the people on it?
1: I mean, I think space ethics hmm. would be actually a very interesting topic. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's kind of like the next frontier for us. Is yeah. Like, okay, who can be where in space? Because right now, Yeah, everywhere, and it's been like that since the 60s. Yeah, every developed country is everywhere in space. Yeah. You know you know you know that chat. you know China's got satellites buzzing over us, monitoring mm-hmm. crap,
0: well, and that's like you think about just civilization growth and the progression of a species that's like the next logical empire mm-hmm. that a country could build is I would say just extraterrestrial, yeah, huh, that's an interesting
1: that is that's the next frontier, yeah, that's the last frontier
0: or is it the ocean?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: That's something to think about. We'll leave them with that. Man, I actually, like, I'm just blown away that, yeah. that thought. Like, actually, before we dive, before we jump out of this, we'll leave you, I'll leave you with this question that I just had. Every land, or almost all land in the world is technically owned, monitored by a country, mm-hmm. but there's free water out there. There's international waters. Plenty of it. Mm hmm. Will that be up for grabs someday?
1: Well, next time you're using stainless steel or other metals, that's probably where it came from. <laughs> yeah, international waters. Because there's, there's no restrictions. Yeah. So a lot of places build these or manufacture these pretty hazardous products in international waters and just dump the waste overboard. What? No, I kid you not. This is t- this no, like my dad. This I, I tell you, like my dad. Itself. Oh gosh, this is another story. But just real quick, my dad, stainless steel manufacturing business. Yeah, you should have seen the tags he had, getting his stainless steel like tubing in, from Indonesia, Antarctica, Australia, all these random places in international waters because they can fabricate this metal and the waste that they're using, they can just <laughs> cast it off into the ocean. Oh, my God. Man.
0: I have so many things to say. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave you with that. We're going to leave you with that. And maybe we'll just cover that in the next couple episodes. Air, national waters, felines. It got weird. Man, we covered a lot today. This is lucky number seven. I feel like we started the intro with a mini story you've gotten like a ton of mini stories every single yeah, <laughs> time this absolutely. is lucky number 7 that's for sure
1: sure is thanks y'all for listening yeah we appreciate lucky you lucky number 7 and share us please share us tell your friends look us up on spotify share us on spotify post your facebook share yeah. our posts
0: friend Sh- us share the share I love it when girls do this this is a quick little, little thing to end it's kind of funny <laughs> you'll be on instagram and you're like scrolling through instagram And it's like a a girl... I I say girl because only girls do this. Shout out to you girls. You know exactly what I'm talking about. A girl will post a picture of them like getting drinks with their friend. And then their friend will also post a picture of them getting drinks. And then they will both share what each other shared. So it's literally like, so you and I go to get drinks. And we have beers in our hands. I take a picture of you and I post it on my, my Instagram and then you take a picture of me, and you post it on your Instagram, and then I share what you just posted <laughs> on my Instagram. Wow, so it's like a share post. Oh, wow. That's, it's so that's intense. Deep. So, like, a, you watch, like, a friend go get a drink, and you're going to see it three or four times because they're <laughs> going to share each of the times that their friends shared what they just shared.
1: <laughs> All the sharing. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> You gotta learn no one wants to see that <laughs>
1: no once is good enough
0: once is good enough. yeah so we'll watch we'll you one more time with our plugs. <laughs> Check out the Spotify Facebook coming soon
1: yep email us email Bollies of history at gmail dot com We'd love your feedback and thanks for listening so much. Thank you Jennifer Ashley Colton Bree, all of you love the people, my family, especially
0: and friends. We love all of you yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is episode seven. We'll be back soon. Episode ocho. 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 Coming your way from Page, you're, Arizona. You a cap? What's the deal here? You a cap? Hey, I'm not a cap. Hey, you a cap. Tell me if Come you're on, a cap. I'm not a cap. Hey, this has been episode seven. Hey, I'm going to put a bull in your chest right hey, now. Hey, you watch out. Don't, what, you hey, word. Word. Hey. Don't you hit me with that Don't
1: you hit me with that wood. Hey, I
0: swear to God. Pew. And that's the shot head around the world. This has been the Volleys of History. We love all of you.
1: Adiós.